today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, a small Maine community votes to limit the number of cruise ship visits to town, and an air tag in a bag leads to more than $16,000 in stolen passenger property. Those stories and more next in the news. Traditional customer service is fast disappearing from the travel industry. And if you need help, well, how do you find it? In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we tell you how finding and getting customer service has changed. Travelers United is a small Washington, D.C.-based group that works on behalf of travelers. They fight some pretty big battles. The good news is they're winning some of those battles. Director Charlie Leoka updates us at 335. Finally, at 355, a local travel company that specializes in mature travelers has a big event coming up next Saturday. And we'll fill you in on the details. It's hot and no one wants to move. Good thing. Stay there and catch today's edition of The Travel Guys. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again to Alaska I go north to Russia's own Welcome, welcome, my friends, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. We made it. It's been an entire week, and we found our way back. We've showed up, and we're here. We're here to do it again. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget now, uh, links to our special guests and more can always be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Mark, when I saw you and spoke to you last you and the team were feverishly working over that sports leisure uh, catalog that's going to be previewed in uh, in just about a week at your big event. I yep. remember back in back in the good old days, they used to let me help you with that, but you used to get upset because I would always take scissors and cut your pictures out and put mine in their place, <laughs> and it always made for a lot uh, kind of a mess. Yes, we have been. Feverishly at work, as I'm sure most travel companies around the country are, trying to put together what they're going to offer their customers for next year. Some people, cruise lines and the stuff, already have product out there. It's always fun to me, uh, some of these folks who, pro- who price product a year and a half in advance and how they're able to predict with great certainty um, or little certainty what pricing might be. This year is going to be particularly fun because it's – Normally in the travel business, Tom, the early bird gets the worm, but Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure about this time around. I'm thinking the person who goes out, you got to know what you're buying and what the price should be. As as we go through and put together pricing on on tours for next year, I'm finding the strangest things. Little hotels in the middle of nowhere are $100 more than they were a year or two ago. A hotel in the middle of Times Square, a Marriott hotel in the middle of Times Square is $6 more than it was last year. And last hmm. year's rate was not particularly inflated. So, and you would think a hotel in Times Square, oh, well, that would be the one that would be ridiculous. But the reality is that I'm paying $60 less for a Best Western in Garberville than I am to stay in the center of Times Square. Um, yeah. So, 
Uh, things are a little messed up right now, and my guess is we're going to get to the fall, and then we're going to start seeing these bookings for next year and all these hotels that thought they were going to get the same $300 rate for the $150 room that they got this year, next year. That's not going to happen. And they're going to start scrambling as the as we get deeper into the winter, and the bookings aren't there, and they're going to figure out that they're charging too much money. So my guess, my, my, my suggestion to you is if you have a favorite place for next summer and you've already, you know, locked it in keep an eye on it because it's entirely possible that your your favorite place may have to have some sort of a sale between now and then and you might be able to go to double back and be able to get your room for a little bit less than before and in some cases that may not also be true if you're traveling with a tour company company or something like that they may have used their negotiating power to get the very best deal that could be gotten right out of the right out of the gate all right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is the Travel Guys. It's Mark and Tom. And at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we do our best to bring you up to date on the travel news. And uh, always with the travel news. Been working hard on it all morning long. Here's Mark. This is kind of an interesting story. This actually happened to me a number of years ago on United Airlines. And I, ha- I looked up the email when I was looking at this story yesterday. It's seven years ago that it happened. A guy had an air tag in his luggage, and it led the police to where the tag was. It just so happened that the, ta- that the bag was in the possession of a contracted employee for an airline who had Mm-mm. stolen it, who had stolen some other stuff, too. And when they so when they tracked the tag to this airline employee contractor's house they found that they had the, the employee had all kinds of stuff jewelry and things that they had stolen from other people i had a similar situation in chicago a number of years ago a an ipad i left on the plane had a tag in it and i was able to decipher that it had left the airport and indeed had gone to someone's home in the chicago greater chicago land area it was a united employee who had taken it united went and got it that day i don't have no idea whatever happened to an employee but uh, my ipad was waiting for me three days later when i got back to the airport he was just holding it for you mark uh-huh. for safekeeping yeah you know? yeah so if so the the thought here is if you've got something valuable like that or in your suitcase something you know, you want to put one of those tiles or one of those air tags or something like that. It very well could come in handy down the road in finding out where your baggage has gone off to. Bar Harbor, Maine has decided that enough is enough. Bar Harbor, which is a lovely little town on the main coast, which is probably capable of accommodating a couple thousand visitors a day, has decided that 3,500 visitors from cruise ships is enough in one day. 3,800 mm-hmm. during the peak fall color time and so they are going to limit the number of ships and the number of people off of those ships the town council voted unanimously to pass this rule just recently we'll see if any of the cruise ships try to challenge it legally that's a really sticky situation for them because they don't want to look like mean guys trying to plow through a small town and say hey you have to let us come here but on the other hand those small towns are critical to their itineraries and when one of those ships lands uh key west is a perfect example i take a group to key west every year when we get to key west on a day when there's one cruise ship in town things are fine when there's two cruise ships in town things are a little crowded when there's three cruise ships in town it's pretty much overwhelmed 
and you you can't go anywhere you can't get you know you can't get a beer you can't get into a gift shop you can't get into a restaurant for lunch so it really hurts the detracts from the quality of the experience and i think what's mm-hmm. happening tom is we're seeing some of these small communities are saying uh you know uh the people who live here and the people who visit here and spend money here have said that enough is enough and so bar harbor maine is the latest on the list to say we'll see what happens whether it works out or not Speaking of cruise ships, almost every cruise line in the last two weeks has eliminated their vaccination requirements. Now, in many cases, these don't take effect for a few weeks, so something could still change. But uh, here's one drop for September the 6th, another September the 5th. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines eliminates its vaccination mandate as early as September the 2nd. So no masking, no vaccinations, no testing. It's as though COVID never happened. So we'll see what happens this fall with the cruise ships. You know, some folks have said, I don't want to go on a cruise ship because if I get COVID, my understanding is that they confine you to your cabin and you can't get off the ship or do anything. And, well, yeah, that's sort of the rule. So you go on a cruise and you're stuck in a situation where for, you know, five or six days, you can't go outside of your cabin. And so it's it's a little problematical. I guess it's it's kind of like a crapshoot if you're going to go on a cruise ship now. Also, keep in mind that when they relax the vaccination requirements, how do I say this without pissing off a whole bunch of people? Um, when they relax the vaccination requirements, people who didn't want to get vaccinated are going to have free reign now to get on the ship because now they don't have to prove that they had to be that they got vaccinated. So just think about the people that you're traveling with. The makeup of them could change slightly when the rules change. And and on top of that, you know, I mean, if if there is no more testing ahead of time, there's no testing on the uh, on the ship. Uh how do you know that what you have is COVID? Uh, how do they know you have COVID and are going to restrict you to your room if there isn't random or uh, consistent testing? Well, there's going to be a way for them to to make a diagnosis on board ship. But, of course, we're just treating this all very differently now. The, the problem is the problem isn't so much for travelers. They can be a little bit inconvenienced or deal with it on whatever level they've made a choice that you know, if this comes up and, 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 and ruins their vacation, they're, go- they're going to be okay with it. The challenge is the staffs of the people who have to serve them. The challenge is the air traffic controllers in New York suddenly coming up 15 controllers short on a Sunday evening last week and having to divert a bunch of airplanes because there's nobody to land them. The problem is that there's nobody in the restaurant, and so a, a customer comes in and has to wait an hour and a half for food and gets really mad and angry and upset because they paid a lot of money for a meal that wasn't up to their expectations. The reason those things are happening is because of the way we're treating COVID. The staffing shortages and stuff that are popping up uh, randomly on the spur of the moment in different places that are impacting travelers and aggravating the crap out of them, it's happening because of the fact that we have these relaxed policies towards COVID. So the only thing I have to say to folks is you can't have it both ways. If you want to be able to get around and move around and stuff, you're going to have to deal with the fact that from time to time you're going to encounter a situation. It may be an airport. It may be a restaurant. It may be um, the ferry boat or the cruise ship or whatever it was that you were planning on doing. But suddenly it's not happening. And the reason it's not happening is because there aren't enough people because too many people have called in sick. It doesn't mean those people are going to die, but it means that they can't be out exposing themselves to the public. 
So until we figure out that little building block of things, I, th- I think this situation is probably going to con- continue. It'll be a little lesser in the fall because there will be fewer people traveling. All right, uh, One Mile at a Time tells us that uh, if you are a credit card person who lives off of points from hotels and special promotions, most of the credit card uh, credit cards or hotel chains have announced their fall promotions, everything from double points on certain cards to 10 times points on other cards to all kinds of stuff that ultimately in the end pretty much cost you money because the merchant has to build it into the cost of the product that they have that they're selling you. So go out and collect the points because you are definitely paying for them. I can speak for that as a as a merchant who has to figure all of that stuff out. Amtrak has debuted a new cafe menu on its northeast corridor and some of its long-distance trains, getting some mixed reviews, but Amtrak is trying to serve things that are a little healthier and can be consumed despite the fact that they just spent the last 20 seconds of their life in a microwave oven. The Department of Transportation is still considering the new rules to protect airline passengers. The update from the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, this week says that letters have been sent to the CEOs of several several top airlines in the country asking them for their suggestions as to policy input. So we'll see if in the end Pete is just another buffoon-filled politician or if he really can get something done. If he can get the airlines to come to the table and get them to do something that is meaningful, then I will say that, that he's, he's a man who can back it up. If he can't, why then he needs to stop all of this buffoonery because it's getting a little tiring. And finally, an Ethiopian Airlines flight from Sudan to Ethiopia missed its scheduled landing last week after both pilots fell asleep. The Boeing 737-800 failed to descend from its cruising altitude of 37,000 feet and bypassed the runway, prompting an alarm that presumably alerted the pilots. Fortunately, they were 37,000 feet in the air and couldn't do any damage to anyone else. And that's your travel news for today. Oh man, what a way! What a way to wrap up the travel news. Pilots asleep at thirty-seven thousand feet. All right, we are the travel guys, Mark and Tom. And when we come back, uh, well, I don't know. The news isn't going to get a whole lot better. We're going to talk about uh, finding and getting customer service. Things have changed. It's getting tough. That's next here on the Travel Guys. It's very nice to go traveling to Paris. It's so nice to go traveling with you, Mark. Here we go, traveling every Sunday, 3 to 4, here on the Travel Guys. It's the kind of travel I like. I travel without really without really leaving home. It's safe that way. <laughs> yeah, I knew, anyway. when they, I, I knew when they legalized some of those drugs, there'd be more people going on trips without ever leaving home. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, my friends, uh, we're back, and uh, let's talk a little bit about those uh, about the traditional customer service that has been fast disappearing. Mark, you have uh, been taking people all over uh, the country and, and your, in your team. What particular kind of customer service, what particular area do you see the most pullback that has changed the most? Is it at the hotels? Is it is at the airport? Is it at the restaurants? What have you seen? Two things have happened. One is there's been a conspicuous effort on the part of major companies, and smaller companies too have been convinced of this, to eliminate phone contact. So when you go on, you, you go to a company's website or you look at, even in their brochure now, 
um, you may have a heck of a time finding their telephone number. You may find a much easier time finding contact us and a chat button, which if you think that those chat buttons are manned by live people who are sitting there waiting for you to push the chat button, you would be very wrong. Um, those chat buttons are mined, are, 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 are manned or womaned by uh, algorithms. And when you log on, they quickly try to figure out by what you have written what it is that they need to, what you're asking about and how they can help you. And in many cases, they may be successful. Now, in some cases, they may not be. And I've been known on a day when I just have more time on my hands than I know what to do with to have a little fun with them. You can tease them and lead them along down the wrong path and get them to say all kinds of things that are just absolutely bizarre. But anyway. Shame on you. Uh, yeah. Um, so the bots are, are kind of problematic. They don't really solve much. In many cases, you can ask for a chat, and if somebody's not monitoring it, it's a small company, a small hotel. They, there may not be somebody who even sees that you've hit that button, and nobody may respond to it. Um, so that's getting phone contact, getting someone on the phone so that you can answer, get a question answered has become extremely difficult. Even major hotels are hiding their telephone numbers now and you can't find them on their websites. The other thing that's happened is a lot, there are a lot of brand new people in customer service in the hospitality industry and they have been trained how to do their jobs, but they haven't learned their jobs yet. So, Supervisors sat him down and said, this is how you handle situation one and two and three. But when situation 3A comes up, they have no idea what to do. And sometimes you can gently guide them to what you need, and sometimes you cannot. So there's kind of two situations here. You've got a lot of inexperienced people, and you've got a concerted effort on behalf of companies to cut down the ability to have to interact with customers which I think is just really craziness. But I'm also an old school guy. And anybody who's under 30 or so has become very accustomed to this type of customer service. And as time goes on, there's going to be more of them and less of me. And if more people are willing to accept this type of level of service, then that's ultimately what you're going to get. And and I, to me, that would be very bad. But to many of the people who are experiencing it now, that will be all they know. They won't know people who pick up the telephone and talk to them. They will only know, leave a message, we'll call you back when your turn comes up. Or um, we're not going to call you back at all. Here's three places where you can find the information that you need. And if you can't find it, then I guess that's too bad. I mean, you, you'll have to make your, your product buying decision. Anyway, customer service. So how do you get around all of this? The way you get around it is knowing that customer service channels are different. You don't go to the telephone and pick it up and call the customer service person. You go to the app on your phone and you look to see if there's a customer service button there. And you look to see if there's a place where you can leave a comment or something like that. In many cases, you'll find that those apps are responded to within an hour or two, sometimes immediately that they've got people who are basically monitoring those things. You can go to a web, to a social media website and to a Facebook page or a TikTok page or something like that for the entity that you're doing business with. And the one thing that's really important here, our friend Chris Elias emphasizes this, don't go ranting and raving because that's not going to get you the help you need. Go and gently explain specifically what your problem is 
and how it needs to what you're suggesting as a solution and then wait and hope for the best in some cases again these social media pages are being monitored because they don't the company doesn't want you to post something that makes them look like garbage and it sits there for two or three hours they want you to post something that makes them look like garbage and in 20 minutes they can come back and say they've talked to you and they've solved the problem and then that makes everybody look good and you've got your problem solved so you've got to start thinking a little more outside the box if it's a problem that can't be solved immediately maybe you want to send an email to the CEO so maybe you want to go to the website and in many cases you can find that address and you'd say well the CEO is never going to pay any attention to my two hundred dollar refund request but you would be surprised there are some ethical people out there and if you don't jump all over somebody and jump down their throat you give them a chance to solve the problem and you tell them what what in your mind would solve the problem people are having some success with this so think outside the box and if you're 60 years old and you're trying to think about how to solve the problem call your 15 year old grandson tell him what the problem is and ask him what he suggests because honest to god that's the kind of input that you need you need that multi-generational you know how to massage things and where to go to massage them, because if you're massaging into thin air, then that's not going to help you at all. Great advice, Mark. And, and the part about, uh, you know, if you're not really savvy in social media, you know, find, find a young person who is and, and employ their help to, to help get it done. Great advice. And I know uh, the, us that are so used to customer service like it was are going to have to slowly but surely uh, adjust, because like you say, I, I, and I agree, I don't think it's coming back uh, anytime soon or in a lot of cases at all. All right, we are the Travel Guys every Sunday, 3 to 4. Uh, we spent a little bit of time earlier this week with our buddy, uh, the director of the Travelers United, Charlie Leoka. And Charlie and his buddies in Washington, D.C., are battling on a regular daily basis for us travelers. And we're going to talk about what they're up to uh, recently when we come back right here on the Travel Guys. Hey there, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Remember, links to our special guests and so much more at TravelGuysRadio.com. And as promised, back with us from Travelers United, it's Charlie Leoka. Charlie, it's always a pleasure to have you with the Travel Guys. Hey, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. I like being with guys who take good care of people, and it works out well. Well, thank you, Charlie. You guys at Travelers United have been uh, on a mission. You have a lot of missions that people don't know about because you've been after them. You've been on them for a while, and they seem kind of fruitless. But then every once in a while, after a long time, something bubbles to the surface, and, and something good comes out of it, maybe. Um, and maybe. I'm kind of referring <laughs> – yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm, there, and I have a couple things on my list today that kind of fit into that category. I know that Travelers United airline refunds is a big deal. It's become a bigger deal in the last few years. The airlines have jerked around a lot of people and tried to, to keep revenue and pulled a bunch of tricks and really nothing that they haven't done before. It's just that there's a greater number of situations now than there have been in the past. Charlie, we, we, we thought we had maybe made a breakthrough a couple of weeks ago. And then you wrote that uh, DOT proposed rulemaking for airline refunds rewards airlines rather than punishing them. 
Please help us understand. You're right. Well, what happened was the airlines were supposed to be uh, told to give people refunds. However, uh, they did two different things. Number one, first of all, if the airline cancels a flight, an airline is responsible for making you whole. They have to refund your money in cash. And that includes all of your money, even payments for extra fees and stuff like that. However, if you as a passenger decide that you're not going to travel, then the only thing that the airlines have to do is to give you an, um, give you an airline flight credit. And that is out of the goodness of their heart because they have non-refundable tickets. And so during the pandemic, the airline's stance has been that they're doing everybody a favor just by giving people something like a, uh, a flight credit. However, when in actuality, nobody has canceled the flight because they want to cancel the flight. They cancel the flight because the president of the United States, the head of the CDC, or Dr. Fauci said, please don't travel because this is a, it's going to be a super spreader event. I don't know if you remember, I think, I think it was, uh, during Thanksgiving and Christmas of 2020 and 2021, the government came out and they said, don't travel. And so a lot of people canceled their flights out of patriotism. But now they're stuck because the airlines are treating all of their um, their flight credits as though these are flight credits from a snowstorm or something. And it's just not right. And I've and what we've been trying to do is we've tried to change that system and. What's happened is DOT has come out with a new definition of what, uh, what is a canceled flight, but their definition doesn't help people at all. It only helps the airline. It appears as though it's kind of a, a fox guarding the hen house thing. The, the Department of Transportation is proposing rules in terms of what a definition of a flight cancellation is or what a flight delay that becomes um, intolerable and therefore allows people to, to cancel their flight. Um, and it seems as though the the wording on these is, shall I say, incredibly liberal in the airline's favor. On the other hand, there's another part of that rule which says if the flight is significantly delayed, you have to also give everybody back their money. And the word right. significantly did not was not defined. However, Delta defined it. It used to be with Delta that if your flight was 90 minutes late, and they used to advertise this, you got your money back. An American, if your flight was 120 minutes late, wait, you got your money back. And now we get the new improved version <laughs> from the DOT. Mm -hmm. And that says, oh, if you're three hours late, that's 360 minutes, then mm -hmm. you get your money back. Or if you're um, uh, three, six hours later, yeah, six hours late internationally, you get right. your money back, which is ridiculous. Right. There was no airline that said that that wasn't uh, significant. To some extent, we yeah. were a little bit better off with the old system of allowing the airlines, heaven forbid, um, to guard the hen house themselves rather than the DOT to, to come along and try to help. Charlie, where does this go from here? So we're going to be uh, talking to people. We're going to try to get a lot of people to send in comments. And once all the comments are looked at, then DOT will make their final rule. And I hope that their final rule says... Airlines have to give you your money back. Uh, they have to give you your money back if you cancel the flight during a pandemic or not. And if you have to, if you've got a significant, uh, a significant uh, delay, 
then the money has to come back as well. And then the rule goes on to more compensation for European people. No sick passenger rule is involved. Flight credits are not are are all set up according to the whim of each airline across the country. There's no comparison between one airline and another airline. There's no penalty for late arrivals or departures based upon the current flight schedules, which the airlines make themselves. And we never hold their feet to the fire. The only thing we're going to get is flight credits will never expire, but they're only good during pandemic periods of pandemics. And even Southwest has already changed their, um, their wording by saying there's not going to be any um, flight credits or, or no expiring flight credits in the future, period. So it's, this is just all written in favor of the airlines. Our special guest, Charlie Lioka with Travelers United. We are the Travel Guys. If you're just joining us, uh, you, links to Charlie are at TravelGuysRadio.com. Next on, on my list here, Charlie, uh, has to do with the, the baggage and mobility device handling. You guys at Travelers United have worked on this for a long time. Um, in, in plain terms, that means you've got a wheelchair, a walker, something like that. You've checked it with the airline. Um, it comes back. Is it in the same condition as it was when it? When you gave it to them, did you get it back at all? I mean, not having some of those devices in an airport would be uh, very problematical for some people. Um, Charlie, explain to us why making the airlines handle this type of luggage um, and be accountable for it is important to everyone, whether they have this type of, of assistive device or not. Well, first of all, I'll say that if you have that kind of assistive device, that those are your legs. Just imagine people coming out and taking away your legs uh, during your flight. You arrive at the next place, and they sort of plop you on a bench next to the uh, jetway, and they say goodbye, and you've got no mobility device and no way to move. It's just flat-out wrong. It's no way to help and to ha handle anybody. And so now they've got new systems which also handle uh, regular baggage as well, and it will really improve the handling of all sorts of um material going into the belly of the airplane so it will help everyone but it's really of a help to people who depend on these devices and the devices that you're speaking of are things like wheelchairs and uh what else right well they're wheelchairs especially they're motorized wheelchairs because mm -hmm. there are a lot of these motorized wheelchairs which cost literally thousands of dollars for people to have and to repair them they need a specialist to come in and get it and it's not the kind of thing where uh, an airline can say, oh, this is similar to your wheelchair. You can have it right now. These are, these are pieces of equipment which require special handling. And what this rule has done, it finally came out with a new, um, what they call a, uh, a bill of rights for handicapped people. And so now you have to find a way to get these things on the airplane and to the destination with some sort of um, care, mm -hmm. and that just is that has not happened in the past. And what happens to it, those people happens to everybody else as well. Yeah, and to your to your point, um, Charlie, when you if you arrive at a destination and your wheelchair is broken, or your walker or whatever other assistive device is broken, you, you've lost your legs. Mm -hmm. So while it may not You're matter right. to the person who handled it or to the person who handed it to you or the person who wrote up the report, you're you're in a situation where you've spent 
hundreds or thousands of dollars perhaps to go. Maybe you're, you're headed out on a vacation as opposed to home, and now suddenly you've got and, – and, and really it, it kind of speaks to – and the reason I, I put it to you the way I did was just – in any company, in any business, if you teach employees to be responsible in one area and why it's important, then oftentimes that tends to kind of lap over to other areas. So if if the walkers and the wheelchairs are important, maybe the individual suitcases could be considered important too, since in most cases we paid you to transport them for us. Let me just emphasize that one more time to the airlines. We paid you to transport our luggage. Charlie, how long has Travelers United been around? Oh, we've been actually functioning as as a nonprofit and as a, um, a advocacy group for about I think uh, two thousand nine. So it's been about thirteen years. Um, in your job, you have to have an incredible amount of patience. Uh, if you think you have to have a lot of patience dealing with airlines at the airport, Charlie's stuff takes your your stuff at the airport might take you know thirty minutes or an hour and might just aggravate the heck out of you. Um, the projects that Charlie works on for travelers here take sometimes five or ten years. Um, this whole thing with the with, with the device handling and stuff like that has taken five years to get the rule changed. Thank you for being Charlie for being somebody who sticks up for us. Thanks, as always, for updating us on a couple of subjects. We'll check back in with you down the road when we get something else that's that gets us excited. Well, well, you, you'll be able to check in pretty darn soon because you're already <laughs> excited about one thing. You're excited about uh, paying to get your luggage back. And now the Department of Transportation has come out with a new rule where if they get your luggage back to you within 12 hours of your arrival at an airport, it's considered on time. Wow. Say, Wait. I'm paid money to have this delivered with me. I didn't pay money to have it delivered next year or have it delivered in 12 hours. And they go, oh, well, we don't know. And so now that is a rulemaking, which is currently under consideration by DMC. So if our luggage isn't delivered in 12 hours, we might get our 35 bucks back. Wow. I'd take it. Isn't that nice? (laughs) When it comes to airlines, I take any small victory. Charlie, thanks again for your time. You've been very gracious. We'll check in with you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. Boy, Mark, you'll take just that 35 bucks, and you're just so easy to please these days. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, well, if if you just win one. Listen, Charlie is always very gracious. Um, he doesn't push the fact that Travelers United is funded basically like by the people that he that he represents and protects people like you and I. So we take out the travel guys have a membership with Travelers United. It's forty nine dollars for a year. Um, he has a, a number of security benefits and there are some other things. But basically, what you're doing is you're supporting. If you're a traveler, there is nobody who advocates more regularly, stronger. Uh, for you than Charlie and his small gang of warriors. Mm-hmm. And the the amazing thing is that I, I've been involved in government advocacy in Washington with the travel industry now for probably a quarter of a century. I mean, not majorly involved, but at least around the fringes enough to know that people know who Charlie is. They don't like to see Charlie coming down the hallway because Charlie usually means that their life is going to get more difficult. And that's the kind of person that I want representing me. So Travelers United is uh, the name of the group. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, there's a link there, and you can find out all about what they do and stuff. But I will just say Charlie is always very gracious with his time. He's always willing to talk to us, and not everybody is that way. So um, if you decide to put a few shekels in, in, in their pockets, I can pretty much assure you that it's, it's, it's going to be used for what it was intended for. 
There you go. And in the in the forty nine and change uh actually gets you some stuff. He is offering a a, a few a, about three different security benefits that go with it that are worth a lot more. Check it out, travelguysradio.com. All right, we're going to take a, a, a couple of minutes. And we'll be right back. We're going to talk about Sports Leisure Vacation's upcoming big event next week right here on the radio. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey there, my friends. It's Mark and Tom from the Land Down Under. Uh, here we are, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And, uh, okay, Mark, uh, let's see. One week from today, the big launch. How old, is that, how old is that song? Uh, the Land Down Under. Yeah. I'm guessing... 40 years? 30 years? Uh, let's see. I'm guessing probably 79. 79, yeah. Okay. Well, you're, you're an old radio guy. I figured you had all that stuff. 79, 80... Yeah, Mike, what, what, how old is that? No, you, you, you <laughs> look right. it up. Anyway, right, what, what's going um, on? Well, for the last uh, month here at Sports Leisure Vacations, which is the uh, brings you this program every every Sunday afternoon, we have been working on our annual catalog. Sports Leisure Vacations is a tour operator that was founded in Sacramento in 1979. Officially, kind of started in 1978, taking people to Giants baseball games. Shh, don't tell the feds. We were in business for a little while before they knew. And uh, and then for the last 43 years has been taking people. You know, years ago, I tell some of my, my current travelers now, Tom, that years ago our company used to take their grandparents to Reno and Lake Tahoe to the casinos. And you'd go up, you'd pay, you know, $15, $20 for your bus fare. You'd get up to Reno and Tahoe, you'd get a, uh, a ticket from the casino that got you uh, 10 or $15 in gambling money. Mm-hmm. And you also got a food voucher for a discount or free free meal, depending on the casino and the day of the week. And so basically your trip was free unless, of course, you gambled away some of your money, which some people tended to do. And so, so. that, yeah, we used to take like hundreds of people a week, um, like 500 people a week up the hill and make wow, like a dollar. a lot of buses. Yeah, and make a dollar a person um, taking them. And then one day somebody said, you know, have you ever thought about taking people to like Yosemite or Hearst Castle or something? And I said, no, not really. Do you want to go there? They said, well, that might be fun. So we did. And so what now, was the very, what was the very first non-baseball um, or gambling trip that you uh, that you took? Can you remember what it was? Yeah, I can. It's not very glamorous. Lake County. We went to the Canocti Harbor Inn in Lake County and spent the night. And ate at a place called Robin Hill Food and Spirits, which was at the top of Clear Lake. It's gone now. It was a spectacularly wonderful restaurant with a man, and it was haunted as hell. And it was a, just a fun <laughs> place. The guy would, the guy who ran it, the ghosts bothered him all the time, but they were friendly ghosts. And so he had all of these great stories to tell. And we went to the Canocti Harbor Inn and spent the night. And uh, then we went to Fort Bragg. We went to Hearst Castle. Um, a lot of the trips were really fast. We would go all the way to Hearst Castle, see the castle, and drive back the next day which is dumb. Um, Now those trips are three or four days in length, and things have changed a lot, the way people travel, what they want to see, what they want to do. Um, You know, Sports Leisure has never been a a company that has offered inexpensive trips. It's never been our goal to be the cheapest. We've never tried to be McDonald's um, in the travel industry. We've always tried to give people 
good value wherever that fell on the scale. And generally, good value falls somewhere between the middle and the top. Um, there's some value to be found below the middle sometimes, but generally, if you're willing to pay up a little bit, sometimes you can get a pretty good deal. And if you travel with a company that's been doing it for a long time, they tend to make pretty good decisions on your behalf because if they're like us, they feel like they know their customers. And we have a lot of mature travelers, a lot of people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I have a couple of people who have three digits in their age. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and are still traveling? And are still traveling, yeah. Um, they probably aren't taking three-week trips around the world, but um, they're still taking day trips and the like. We go to San Francisco to see shows, and we, of course, go to ball games as we've done for years. We go to New York to see shows. Um, just today, uh, Clayton's coming back with a group that was sailing on a small ship on the St. Lawrence River. We have a group in Maine right now. Um, that's wandering around the, the state of Maine and eating lobsters. We had a group that went to Lake Tahoe last week on an overnight trip to see uh, one of the Mamma Mia shows up on the uh, up lakeside. So there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. It generally appeals to folks who are getting a little older and are perfectly willing to have someone else do the work. They're willing to pay a few dollars and you put it together and you do all the work and I'll just come and have a good time. And we tend to stay in nice hotels and, and go to nice places and not rush too fast through things so that you get an opportunity to be able to enjoy. Now, of course, travel has changed a lot in the last six months. It's gotten a lot more expensive. Um, and people who see our catalog this year, some of the pricing is going to reflect that. But not every destination is more expensive. So in some cases, if you've got friends and, you know, they – they realize that prices have gone up. They don't want to goose you too much because they want you to come back, so they tend to kind of take care of you. So that's where traveling with a company that you've traveled with before sometimes can be beneficial from a pricing standpoint. Now, I understand that next week you have a tour catalog preview day where folks come and they get a chance to uh, to, to find out about the catalog. You guys have presentations about uh, the different trips. Uh, how do people get in on that? Well, the it's it's it is a tour preview day. It lasts about two hours. There's three shows next Saturday, at the KVIE Studios. Um, good partners of ours. We support them. They're very very good at supporting us. So uh, we pass out the catalog. We go over some of the trips. Of course, it'll get posted online a couple of days after that. Folks who come to this event get a natural advantage because they get to sign up for things first because they have the catalog first. At Sports Leisure, that can be a, a really big factor because some trips will fill up literally within hours of the first day that they're available, So, which is a great compliment um, and, and very much appreciated. But if you want to come, it's next Saturday at KVIE. You can go to sportsleisure.com and get registered there. You can call our office tomorrow and we'll register. There is a $10 charge. Um, all of the money that we collect from admissions is all donated to local charities on the same day. So the uh, the reason we charge is because that's what gets people to show up and not be no-shows. And so we, we know how many people are coming, but then we take that money, which can be several thousand dollars, and uh, give it to local charities on the same day, which is really kind of cool. And so if you're, if you're an older traveler and maybe you've heard about sports leisure vacations, maybe you haven't. Um, we're not just all about sports. A lot of really fun and nice people travel with us, and uh, we are really quite blessed in that in that department so if you're if you're interested give us a call and uh, if you can't come out why we would be more than happy to send you a copy of our catalog we have a travel club and some discounts and things like that but basically you can just be a traveler sign up for a trip and go and if you're a single traveler particularly 
If you're a single person who has lost your spouse or you just don't have somebody to travel with and you're thinking, gee, you know, I don't want to travel with a company where I don't know anybody, um, our folks are really friendly. None of them bite. And lots of people have found traveling partners, companions, friends, um, just by going on trips with our company. So it's a pretty friendly group. That's great. That's great. And uh, here again, uh, don't forget now, uh, you, you can uh, you can get your catalog, you can pick out your trips, and you can travel with uh, one of the best companies around. That's a wrap for today. Uh, we'll be back next week for another Adventures of the uh, Travel Guys. Mark? Thank you, folks. Thanks. Dance like nobody's watching. We'll see a bunch of you, I hope, next Saturday out at the KVIE studios. All right, folks, stay well. See you next time here on The Travel Guys.